Welcome to Based Liberty. I'm your host, Darren Wisely. I'm not politically correct, and I'm not afraid of the consequences for the things I say. I'm simply here to speak the truth as I see it from where I'm standing, and let the chips fall where they may. Welcome to Base Liberty, fellow thought criminal. Enjoy your stay. What's going on, thought criminals, free thinkers, lovers of liberty? Welcome to Base Liberty, episode 60. It's Monday, May 3rd, 2021. Darren Wisely here, as always. Just a pleasure to be with you. And I'm very excited for today's show. It is, in fact, a listener-generated episode. Tank Girl's been sending me a ton of good information about COVID, the vaccines, all this hysteria, all this crazy stuff going on, and it really prompted a lot of the info that I'll be getting into today. I really want to make shows, and I strive to make shows that provide valuable information to you guys, so I am always open to show suggestions. If you want to do that, Shoot me an email because I love hearing from you guys and I love feedback as well. I'm really happy to get on the mic here and discuss these topics that the mainstream just won't touch. Because as I've said before, you're not allowed to question the narrative. And facts don't matter. <laughs> and because I've realized that facts don't matter, I've really limited my interaction with these morons who go around spewing the COVID religion, because at this point I realize there's nothing I can do because these fools are just so bought into this COVID cult. And as I stated last episode, it's very clear. The Ferengis at the top do not even drink their own Kool-Aid. All the things they're pushing, they don't do. They're not worried about it. That should be a loan right there to wake people up, but it's not. I mean, here's an example. On Facebook, I share my show a lot on there. This guy was calling me, you know, a tinfoil hat person or whatever. Even though I've tried time and time again to use reason with him, to show him data. And this data shows that him and his cult that he's a part of are dead wrong. But I, I'm done wasting my time with idiots like that. So I just told him to check out Tom Wood's new ebook. It's called COVID Charts CNN Forgot. And I do highly advise you guys to check it out because it shows there is no correlation that the most draconian states have done better than the freer ones that have resisted lockdowns like Florida and now more recently Texas. In many cases, the states that have been more free have actually done better. So it turns the narrative right on its head. But the mainstream news, well, they conveniently leave that out. His book, it's totally free, and it's just another tool you can use to smash the COVID Karens and stop them dead in their tracks. So, going back to this guy on Facebook, I link him to this Tom Woods free ebook because I'm not wasting my time with him anymore. And he's a Marxist, actually. So I said, hey, it's free. I know you like that one. <laughs> so I send that, and he responds, Oh, you want me to order this book and wait for delivery? Like, oh, oh, the horror. And I'm like, dude, it's a free ebook. This guy is too lazy to even just click the link and see all the information is right there. <laughs> but that's how these people are. They aren't even going to consider data that would be contrary to the line they're told to believe. 
And if he was open-minded, he would have at least clicked on it and found that out. That he was, no, there's no physical book you wait for in the mail, you dipshit. Like, <laughs> it's just very eye-opening that these people are just this incredibly brainwashed. But low-T losers like this guy, they're a lost cause. And I'm... I'm, but I am getting somewhat of a sense that people are realizing, okay, maybe there isn't that much to fear. Maybe more people are starting to wake up. But we have to get them on our side before these crooks drum up more hysteria. Because as more people leave, stop believing, they got to come in with something new to, to kind of corral the sheep back in. Sending, you know, Lassie out there to cause some fear so they get back in their pen and, and don't question anything. So that's why I ask you guys to su support this show, and I appreciate all of you that have. You can do so for as little as 2 bucks a month. So less than a Starbucks coffee, you can do that on Anchor or Patreon, whichever platform's easiest for you. I don't have the support of the crooked establishment that pushes all this terror on us. Um... They censor me, they take my stuff down, they shadow ban me, make it hard. But I do get it out, thanks to support from people like you. Um, and with more support, I can use that money all back into the show to reach more people and get the truth out there. That's what I'm all about. That's what I know you guys are about. So it does take some time to make this. And, you know, some support shows, even though how small it might be, it shows you guys actually want me to keep putting content out there. Because it is time consuming. I get it, though. They're robbing us blind while making Big Pharma live the lifestyle of the rich and famous. Not everyone has money right now. It doesn't cost you a dime to share this with your friends and wake people up before they go full 1984 on us. So the real sad thing about all these cooked-up numbers and how the media pushes all this hysteria is there are many real experienced medical professionals who oppose all the nonsense. But... Almost all of them are really afraid to speak out. The few that do, well, their voices are stifled. And that's the problem. You have these gurus, in quotes, uh, like Fauci and these government bureaucrats with these made-up titles of public health expert, which is just a BS thing. They're all up there calling the shots. They're not the ones down there actually, you know, practicing. But we're just going to listen to them because they have some title and they work in government. <laughs> And you can find all the real info if you look around, uh, but they do do everything they can to censor it, so it is hard to find. You can't find it in mainstream sources, but you can find it. That's the beauty of the internet. The other thing, too, is those who do speak out, the few that do, the Barrington Declaration folks, things like that, well, they're all getting slandered. They're all getting called all kinds of names, um... People, the Karens are going to come out, try to destroy their careers. So the people that do speak out, I don't take that lightly. These people truly are heroes. I mean, that's the whole thing with licensing. Some state board can say, nah, we don't like that, we'll take your license, you know. So coming out and doing that is no small task. Uh, I have no respect for the people that push the line, but the people that come out against it, well, they're definitely standing up to the mob. So... We, I do respect people who do that. One great example, Dr. Cole out in Idaho. He's a licensed pathologist. He's a very impressive resume if you look him up. He's been at the Mayo Institute as part of that. I mean, the guy's no joke. And, and many that speak out are like him, people from Harvard, John Hopkins. I mean, you can't write these people off. They're very highly credentialed. But when you bring this to the COVID liturgy, they just dismiss it and say, oh, 
But they don't have an argument for it because they can't deal with it. But that's the problem. When we finally get them, they just, oh, well, whatever, you know. But they're not going to change. And Tank Girl has sent me his videos. I found them very insightful. And the one I'm talking about today is he says that most states are in an endemic, not a pandemic. Almost all states are now past this, what they call a pandemic state. And, you know, this COVID, just like anything else, it lasts about six or nine months and it goes away. How many different things in the past have we had that, but we didn't need all this draconian action to stop it? There's nothing that crazy that requires anything more to be done. The average age of death is 78.6. The average age of COVID death, take a wild guess, (laughs) 78.6. I mean, light kills it. And he said the idea that you need a mask outside is insanity. I mean, he didn't mince words on that. And it is. It's crazy. I've said that time and time again. The people who are at risk are people who are normally at risk for any other thing. Someone who's obese, diabetic, has a lot of other health conditions. You know, someone who's elderly, over 80. You know, those people could die from the fluke, anything else. It's not downplaying that they might die. It's just saying we don't need to destroy our entire civilization over it. Even if we did destroy our civilization over it, we're not going to save people in this condition anyways because they already have so many health problems. It's just so ass backwards. But he makes a really good point I haven't looked into much and that's what I want to share with you guys today. He's talking about vitamin D and the importance of it. And I understand that, being a Michigan guy, the seasonal depression, I mean, it's just brutal for for me and for a lot of other folks in the the North, the so-called Yankees, which I don't identify as for the record. (laughs) He makes a point that there's really no such thing as flu and cold season. It's just vitamin D deficiency season. And that makes sense because you look at when the flu and things like that get bad, well, it's that time of the year when the sun's gone. And he talked about the importance of vitamin D for health. And it's really no joke. I mean, I've been taking vitamin D heavily the past winter. I haven't been sick at all. That that could explain it. It's been a very long time since I've really been sick. And I've really tried uh, in the dark winter months. You know, I was just doing it for like energy and kind of mental health. Because I feel down without the sun. But I didn't realize for your immune system it's so important. So that that could kind of explain why I don't really get sick. Because... I'm active outside in the summer as much as possible. And then when the sun goes away, I I supplement very heavily with vitamin D. And it's really cheap. He talks about how vitamin D deficiency is the cause of a lot of this. And more strikingly, this really stood out, that vitamin D levels reduce hospitalization chances by 90%. 90%. And then he goes after Fauci himself, what the hypocrite Fauci is. So our esteemed Dr. Fauci said in an interview in November, well, gosh, I take eight to 9,000 units of vitamin D a day in the winter. Yet, inexplicably, that's not a public health message. In a little, you know, side interview, I'm like, well, gosh, you know it. You know it affects your immune health. You work for the government and have been in there for 40 years. Make that a message to everybody, please. Okay. Hmm. Notice how that conveniently gets left out. Couldn't imagine why that is. I don't know. Maybe it's against the narrative. Maybe there's no money to be made with that. Kind of hard to limit vitamin D sales to Big Pharma. (laughs) 
I mean, Fauci is just a total fraud. He's a shill for this big pharma. All of these corrupt tyrants, they're more than willing to destroy everything to keep their grip on power. It's absolutely disgusting. These are pathetic excuses for human beings. They don't care about us. Quit pretending they do. And so with that as a backdrop, of course, I've talked about how big the vaccine push is in other episodes. I've talked about, you know, the, the vaccine passports and before ways I thought they would mandate it. And I'm not getting the vaccine, which is pretty obvious. You know, if you want to get it, fine. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. It's my show, so I guess I can do that. Um, there's plenty of reasons why I haven't or why I'm not going to do it. And I found a good article that really lays out a lot of the reasons I had and maybe supplements them in, in a better explanation since um, this isn't really my area of expertise. I, I use logical thinking, and there's enough there to know this is all nonsense. But if you want to get in the weeds a little more, you can. Some people like that. I'm going to resist getting it uh, by all means uh, possible. I mean, if they sedate me and inject me in a jail cell, I guess there's nothing I can do about it. But short of that... I mean, I'm not taking the damn thing. So this is from LouRockwell.com, the heroic Lou Rockwell. It's called Why I Won't Be Getting the Vaccine. This person is Chris, Christian Elliott. Um, don't know anything about him. I assume it's a him. Uh, but these are the a lot of the points I'd make. So this is one I've harped on time and time again to the show. Here's his first point. Vaccine makers are immune from liability. <laughs> How many times have I said that? The only industry in the world that bears no liability for injuries or deaths resulting from their products are vaccine makers. First established in 1986 with the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, vaccine makers cannot be sued even if they are shown to be negligent. The COVID vaccine makers are allowed to create a one-size-fits-all product with no testing on subpopulations, i.e. people with specific health conditions, and yet they are unwilling to to accept any responsibility for any adverse effects or deaths from their product's cause. If a company is not willing to stand by their products as safe, especially when they rushed to the market and skipped animal trials on, they skipped animal trials on, think about that, I'm not willing to take a chance on their product. No liability, no trust. Here's why. So I don't want to get too into this discussion because I've talked about it time and time again, but the fact that they haven't tested animals, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Right there, the fact that they're not liable, I mean, you got to know something's rotten in Denmark. So point two, the checkered past of the vaccine companies. The four major companies that are making these COVID vaccines are Moderna and Johnson Johnson. Never have brought a vaccine to the market before, just so you know. Pfizer and AstraZeneca might be pronouncing that one wrong. Those are serial felons. And Johnson & Johnson, which are both, he says. Both never brought a vaccine and serial felons. So, Moderna has been trying to modernize our RNA for years, but have never successfully bought any product to market. How nice for them to get a major cash infusion from, government for keep, from the government to keep trying. In fact, all major vaccine makers, save Moderna, have paid out tens of billions of dollars in damages for other products they brought to the market when they knew these products would cause injuries and death. See Vioxx, Bextra, Celebrex. I remember those old commercials. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. I guess they weren't celebrating after that, huh? And opioids, which we all know how those have helped our society. If drug companies will willfully choose to put harmful products in the market, when they can be sued, why would we trust any product where they have no liability? 
In case it hasn't sunk in, let me reiterate. Three of the four COVID vaccine makers have been sued for products they brought to the market, even though they knew injuries and deaths would result. Johnson & Johnson lost major lawsuits in 95, 6, 01, 10, 2011, 16, and 19. He says, for what it's worth, J&J's vaccines also contain tissues from aborted fetal cells. If you're against abortion, as I am, that should certainly concern you. Pfizer has the distinction of the biggest criminal payout in history. They have lost so many lawsuits, it's hard to count. You can check out their rap sheet, and he's got a link for that. Maybe that's why they're demanding that countries where they don't have liability protection put up collateral to cover vaccine injury lawsuits. AstraZeneca has lost so many lawsuits, it's hard to count. And if you missed it, the company has found their COVID vaccine suspended in at least 18 countries over concerns of blood clots, and they completely botched their meeting with the FTA when numbers in the study didn't match. And apparently J&J and AstraZeneca had a little mix-up in their ingredients in 15 million doses. Oops. And all those things uh, are highly concerning, but, I mean, we're just going to get in line and get poked because some news anchor told me to. Why not, right? People, All the celebrities are doing it. I mean, it couldn't just be water in that thing, right? No, no, of course not. Or saline or whatever, but... Okay. Number three, the ugly history of attempts to make coronavirus vaccines. There have been many attempts to make viral vaccines in the past that ended in utter failure, which is why we did not have a coronavirus vaccine in 2020. In the 60s, scientists attempted to make an RSV vaccine for infants. In the study, they skipped animal trials because they weren't necessary back then. In the end, the vaccinated infants got much sicker than the unvaccinated infants when exposed to the virus in nature, with 80% of the vaccinated infants requiring hospitalization and two of them died. So number four, the data gaps submitted to the FDA by the vaccine makers. When vaccine makers submitted their papers to the FDA for the emergency use authorization, among the many data gaps they reported was that they have nothing in their trials to, success, to suggest they overcame that pesky problem of vaccine-enhanced disease. They simply don't know. They have no idea if the vaccines they made will also produce the same cytokine storm and deaths so previous as previous attempts at such products. As Dr. Mercola points out, previous attempts to develop an, an mRNA-based drug using liquid nanoparticles failed and had to be abandoned because when the dose was too low, the drug had no effect. And when the dose too high, the drug became too toxic. An obvious question is, what has changed now? What has changed that now makes this technology safe enough for mass use? If that's not alarming enough, here are other gaps in the data. There's no data to suggest safety or efficacy regarding anyone younger than 18 or older than 55. Autoimmune conditions. No data on transmission of COVID. No data or duration of protection from COVID. Pregnant or lactating mothers immunocompromised individuals, no data on preventing mortality from COVID. Hard to believe, right? In case you think I'm making this up or want to see the actual documents sent to the FDA by Pfizer and Moderna for their emergency use authorization, you can check out this. He's got some links there. Okay, so point five, no access to raw data from the trials. Would you like to see the raw data that produced the 90% and 95% effective claims touted in the news? Me too. 
But they won't let us see that data. As pointed out in the BMJ, something about the Pfizer and Moderna efficacy claims smell really funny. 3,410 total cases suspected, but unconfirmed COVID-19 in the overall study population. 15,094 occurred in the vaccine group versus 1,860 in the placebo group. Wait, what? Did they fail to do science in their specific study by not verifying a major variable? Could they not test those suspected but unconfirmed cases to find out if they had COVID? Apparently not. But why not test all 3,410 participants for the sake of accuracy? Can we only guess they didn't test because it would mess up their 90 to 95% effective claims? So number six, this is one I've been big on, no long-term safety testing. Obviously, with products like this that have only been on the market a few months, we have no long-term safety data. In other words, we have no idea what this product will do in the body months or years from now for any population, given all the risks above. Would it not be prudent to wait to see if the worst-case scenarios have indeed been avoided? Would it not make sense to fill those pesky data gaps before we try to give this to every man, woman, and child on the planet? Well, that would make sense, but to have that data, they need to test it on people. Which leads me to my next point. And this is another point I've been making too. Seven is no informed consent. What most who are taking the vaccine don't know is that because these products are still in clinical trials, anyone who gets the shot is now part of a clinical trial. They are all part of the experiment. Those, like me, who do not take it are part of the control group. Time will tell how the experiment works out, but you may be asking, if the vaccines are causing harm, Wouldn't we be seeing that all over the news? Surely the FDA would step in and pause the distribution. Well, if the adverse events reporting system were working, maybe things would be different. A underreported, underreporting of adverse reactions and death. According to a study done by Harvard, the commission of our own government, less than 1% of the adverse reactions to vaccines are actually submitted to the National Vaccine Adverse Events Report System. And those numbers don't include what is currently 578 cases of Bell's palsy. Those numbers are still only 1% of the total adverse reactions. Published, you can do the math, but that equates to somewhere around 110,000 to 220,000 deaths from the vaccines to date. And a ridiculous number of adverse reactions. Bet you don't see that on the news. The death number would currently still be lower than the 424,000 deaths from medical errors that happen every year, which you probably also don't hear about. But we are not even six months into the rollout of these vaccines yet. Six months in. We've already got all these problems. Point nine, the vaccines do not stop transmission or infection. Wait, what? Aren't these vaccines supposed to be what we've been waiting for to go back to normal? Nope. Why do you think we're getting all of these conflicting messages about needing to practice social distancing and wear masks after we get a vaccine? And this is a question I've been asking too all the time. The reason is because these vaccines were never designed to stop transmissions or infections. If you don't believe me, I may refer you again to the papers submitted to the FDA I referenced above. So one, it can't stop us from spreading the virus. Two, it can't stop the virus from infecting us once we have it. Three, to get the vaccine is to accept all the risk of the experimental products and the best it might do to lower symptoms. I mean, that's pretty absurd. That's just pretty crazy. Point 10, people are catching COVID after being fully vaccinated. (laughs) Talk about a bummer. You get vaccinated and you still catch COVID. It's happening in Washington State, Michigan, 
Several other states, New York, Hawaii, 80% of 35 nuns who got the vaccine in Kentucky, two of them died, by the way. In reality, this phenomenon is probably happening everywhere, but those who are the ones making the news now, given the reasons above and what's below. Maybe this doesn't surprise you, but bummer if you thought the vaccine was a shield to keep you safe. It's not. If 66% of the health workers in L.A. are going to delay or skip the vaccine, maybe they aren't wowed by the rush medical science, by the rush science either. Maybe they're watching the shady way deaths and cases are being reported. That's very interesting. People right on the front lines of it aren't getting it. They must know something that most of the general public doesn't. 11, the overall death rate from COVID. 99.74 survival rate. Again, that's been another one of my big points against the vaccine. The bloated COVID death numbers, same thing. Even with the bloated numbers, the death rate is is insanely low. The CDC's changed their guidelines. It's reduced the death numbers you see on the news by 94%. And you have what is likely the real numbers. So 94%. Oh, here we go. This is something I've been wondering too, and maybe I need to do an episode on all this, the conflict of interest. Fauci and six others at NAIAD own patents in Moderna's vaccine. Thanks to the Bayh-Dole Act, government workers are allowed to file patents on any research they do using taxpayer funding. Fauci owns over a thousand patents, including patents being used on the Moderna vaccine, which he approved government funding for. So Fauci approves the funding for a vaccine he has a patent on. Hmm. No, nothing to see here. Let's keep going. (laughs) So what did the Fauci-led NIAID do? They pivoted and outsourced the gain-of-function research to China. China. To the tune of 600,000 grand. Yeah, he's got some real explaining to do. The virus continues to mutate. That's point fifteen. It's mutating every 10 hours. How in the world would we know to keep creating vaccines with the level of mutation? Well, we don't. 16, censorship and complete absence of scientific debate. And we talk about this all the time on the show, so I'm not going to go through that in the interest of time. Point 17, the world's leading vaccinologist is sounding the alarm. Here is, here is what may be the biggest reason the COVID vaccine doesn't make sense to me. When someone who is very pro-vaccine, who has spent his entire professional career overseeing the development of vaccines, is shouting from the mountaintops that we have a major problem, I think the man should be heard. In case you missed it and you care to watch it, here is Dr. Greet Vanden Bashi. I'm probably butchering the name. But he explains, and I'll have to check out this video too, why the COVID vaccine may be putting so much pressure on the virus that we are accelerating its ability to mutate and become deadlier. While the COVID vaccines may be creating vaccine-resistant viruses, similar to antibiotic-resistant bacteria, why, because of previous problems with antibody-dependent enhancement, we may be looking at a mass casualty event in the next few months or years. And then his point 18 is that he already had COVID, <laughs> which I haven't, at least to my knowledge. So a lot of really compelling arguments. There are a lot of good facts and data you can maybe share with people to wake them up. Of course, a lot of people aren't going to listen. Oh, I just want to kind of finish up here going back to Dr. Cole in this speech. He says the vaccine doesn't fall under the definition of a vaccine. Human being is a medical device. Historically, what we're doing right now does not fall under the definition of a vaccine. They shifted the verbiage in some of the federal register back in October so they could approve this. 
So it was a, a sleight of hand to change the verbiage. What we have right now is an experimental biological gene therapy immune modulatory injection. We are injecting people with a synthetic sequence of nucleic acid. We have never done this on a large scale in human history. mRNA trials in mammals have led to odd cancers. mRNA trials on mammals have led to autoimmune diseases, not right away, six, nine, 12 months later. So this is what we're doing right now are not approved vaccines. And so everybody, how do you create demand? You create scarcity. Oh, gosh, we can't get a shot. We can't get a shot. Well, it's a beautiful marketing ploy to be able to say, gosh, there, there's a low supply. So everybody wants it now. Well, everybody may want it, but the long-term safety data is not there. 50% of healthcare providers are absolutely not getting this injection, and that's a reason. We don't trust the data. The Fox guarded the hen house. The companies did their own data. There were no independent observer groups looking at the data. You know, do the shots decrease severity of disease and hospitalization? Well, they seem to be, but they don't fall under the definition of creating pure immunity and preventing transmission. If you're immune after an injection, why in the world would you still have to mask and social distance? That is an admission that they don't know that it's a vaccine, and that's an absurdity. Um, there's no long-term proven safety. My biggest concern, um, honestly, is, next slide please, Justin, is antibody-dependent enhancement reaction. You get a shot, you're fine. Look, it's preventing this, preventing that. With, I'm not anti-vax, not tinfoil hat. I've had lots of vaccines. My kids have had vaccines. So that's fine. But if you get a coronavirus shot, historically SARS, MERS, animal coronaviruses, you get a shot. When you're exposed to a wild-type variant of the virus, 6, 9, 12 months later, the immune system can go haywire. In the SARS vaccine trials, in the ferrets and the monkeys, 100%, 100% of the animals when exposed to wild-type virus ended up with immune reactions. Let's wrap it up. So the vaccines are an experiment on society. Here's my comment on masks. I mean, just some real hard-hitting truth there that you don't really hear. And he gets to this Q&A thing at the end, he just takes a few questions. Second question. I've heard that uh, the mRNA... Uh, uh, produces adverse effects on placenta uh, in terms of uh, uh, pregnant females, in terms of women who uh, may suffer some adverse effect, who plan on getting pregnant in the future. Can you touch on this? Yeah, so the question's about mRNA affecting the placenta and uh, pregnancy. Uh, again, uh, long-term safety data isn't out. There are some studies that do indicate this type of virus, especially after you've given the shot and the mRNA is there, the, the spike protein, it's called a syncytial cell, and the placenta is a con conglomeration of a bunch of cells conglomed together, and it can stick to the surfaces of those type of cells. It can cause an immune reaction and can cause an autoimmune attack. I have a friend whose uh, uh, wife, seven months pregnant, got the vaccine because she was a, a, I hesitate to call it vaccine, um, got the shot and uh, seven months pregnant, she just miscarried yesterday, right after, right after the injection. Yes, sir. Man, that's just brutal. Yeah, that's heartbreaking, really. But I, Dr. Cole said these are vac, these are not vaccines. These are experiments. We're the lab rats. So that's the show. I hope you enjoyed. Got some useful information. Thanks, Tank Girl. I'm happy to get suggestions and feedback from all you guys. 
Uh, it really is crazy to me how people just line up to get poked without considering all of these facts. I mean, I just listed off, you know, maybe two dozen concerns from from science, from real science, not fake science. Uh, it just blows my damn mind, honestly. But that's because they tune into the TV. They do whatever it commands. You know, sometimes I wonder if they're, like, hypnotizing people on there because they just will follow whatever they're told. So get this show out to your friends. You want to support, go to Anchor Patreon. You can find all that on my website, name of the show, basedliberty.com. It would be greatly appreciated so we can wake more people up with shows like this. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. I will talk to you later in the week. Take care. I hope you're having a nice day.